We got uh, the goat. We we do. I feel like we. I feel like I. The, I, it's almost like the intimidating factor to not want to reach out to him to be on the podcast, even though he he probably would have said yes if I reached out to him to be on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, Got the goat. Scott Scott Mojers on the podcast, uh, head coach at Sally's. That's all uh, you have to say. That's all. It's, I feel like it's, a, I mean, yes, there are there are other titles that go along with it, but I feel like we're going to talk about Sally's. Let's, let's talk about Sally's. Let's talk about the fact that, uh, Dwayne, what was the stat you pulled up? And I want to do a rewind, man. Back in 2000, 2010, we wanted Sally's, but we got upset in the first round. Dover High. Dover High. <laughs> so, so you yeah, wanted I was worried about you guys that year. We were good. No, we were good that year. We were 13 2. He wasn't worried about us, but we were good that year. He wasn't really worried about us. No, we were good I that year. I worry about everything, man. I'm a warrior. No, we were good. That was the only year we would have stood a chance. Um, we wanted Sally's, but we got upset by Tatnell. No tournament experience, young team. Yeah. What year was that? 2010. 2010. All right. So, Dwayne pulled out of a stat, 17, 17 for 20? Uh, 18 for 21. 18, 18 for, for 21. 21. Sorry, yeah. that hasn't been updated. 18 yeah. for 21. I'm not counting or anything, but yeah. I mean, 18, 18 for 21. 21. How, I mean. How do you do it? Yeah. What's the secret? I mean, I feel like, let's, let's just start off like that. How do you do it? <laughs> um, uh, make sure good players are there. Yeah. That's, that's kind of important. Um, but, you know, I, I think a lot about. Uh, obviously about Sally's and and the program as a whole, um, and we've won some state championships. So I think it's a little easier for me to say that that we pay less attention to results uh, more and more every year, which is more apt to get us results. Right? I think that's the the key for us is we play uh, to get better, to prepare for college, uh, to grow, so the kids can grow and become better people, and and that's really the f- main sole focus of our team is to get better individually um and really stay away from results and then we play and the kids enjoy it they have fun playing you know win a game lose a game score a goal don't score a goal uh it's all just part of the process so i'm gonna i'm gonna dig in here right because everybody always says sally doesn't play enough delaware teams but when you look at the schedule you play i'll take walter johnson because i have some buddies that went to walter johnson i know they they they're stacked they, yeah. They've got some really good Bethesda kids. They have professionals mm-hmm. that are in the MLS and, and abroad. What what do you what would you say? Um, why do you schedule those games? Like what's uh we schedule those games because it makes us better. I mean, uh, you know, we we really don't shy away from anybody. Uh and um said they want the smoke. <laughs> anybody. Well, I mean, really, we I think through a big thing for us is it's kind of cliche now, but you know when you make mistakes, we look for reasons. We look for opportunities to make mistakes. So when we play Walter Johnson, bring that up first game of the season, they had two sixes, and um, both of them Division One guys, Maryland like legit Division One guys, um, and those two went everywhere. They never stayed in the sixth spot, and it was a major problem for us. And we had to figure out how to deal with that. But that was. That was us, like me and the team, learning how to deal with playing two mm-hmm. stud sixes that were on the ball up top. They were on the ball in the back. They were on the ball out wide. They were mm-hmm. on the ball all the time. So what do you do? Do you track them? Do you play zonal? Do you sit? Do you, you know? So that's just one game. 
Right. And then we roll into Boulder, who was top 25 in the country in Boulder. And that was a whole different, right? Yeah. And a couple of D1 guys too, you know? So, I mean, you're dealing with the altitude there. They're talking about with the altitude. Court. I mean, you're dealing with, I mean, the kids are getting on a, I'm assuming you flew, you didn't take the Greyhound, but yeah. you yeah. know, they're flying, you know, so like you have to deal with all those factors as well, because it's not a college program, right? You're still in high school. So they have to you kind of got to rein them in and let them know, Hey, listen, yeah. playing in Denver is a massive challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes the boys, you know, we went a few years back and they had like these O2 canisters on the sideline. They're like, coach, I need to get some O2. I was like, stop, you know, half time we're like, put all like all that stuff away. But uh, <laughs> but again, like that's the that's the challenge and that's fun. Um, it's fun for us to be challenged. I wouldn't say losing a game's fun, but it definitely it definitely exploits weaknesses mm -hmm. that we can then fix in training to make right. us better the next day, right? And uh, and that's what it's all about. So I'd like to think the guys come to Sally's to play those games, you know. Well, you didn't even you didn't even name your biggest opponent of all, Benny's. Benny's, yeah. Benny's is a problem for us. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I mean, everybody. I feel like everybody in the state kind of tunes into that matchup and says, "Hey, look, Benny's versus Sally's." You know, you guys do a great job of hyping it up, um, but that's just an awesome matchup. That's the game. Tell us, that's tell us more game. about that. Well, Benny's is good. They're well coached. Um, they have a great mission. Um, and uh, and I've got nothing but good things to say about the program. There's 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 no hate there. There's definitely a a rivalry for us at least. Uh, I was gonna say you guys play each really other no annually, hate. right? Yeah, I mean we beat them we beat them maybe ten years ago, um, and then they won um, two hundred and some games in a row, and then we beat them on the tail end. It was something like that. So we gave them. Two, they're all, only two losses in, in like five years. Now we lost to them three or four times in the, in that run. Uh, but uh, but so um, so yeah, so it's a good rivalry. They they are stacked. They play like a college team. They, they play really direct. Not not knocking the way they play, but they they are pin their ears back, play to their forwards, and just press 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 press. And they're very difficult to deal with, to say the least. How do you how do you decide? your schedule and how far in advance do you look at your schedule from a high school um, especially because you do have to not only fit in your local competition that you have to have but also your 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 national competition that you have yeah i mean the technically we don't have to play any dollar teams to play in the state tournament okay. there's no like mandatory minimum number okay. of games which i'm really happy about if we do if we go by way of like what football does now where they redistrict and they get rid of like kind of get rid of conferences and things then there's a proposal out there that we would have to play a mandatory minimum amount of games, which might be upwards in the 10 range, which would be a problem. Um, so, you know, we, we oppose that, yeah, that, I mean, that I mean, motion, maybe. but I, I don't know if we'll win that. Yeah. I mean, I think for, I mean, I think for the competition standpoint, I mean, obviously you guys stand out, but if there were other schools, you know, I, I know Apo, one of your rivals has also explored and has played outside games. I mean, I think that kind of hurts the competition for the kids. Because there's no point in going out and playing like a John Dickinson just because you have to play him, beating him eight nothing. Your starter's not really playing too much. You could basically play him with your almost your freshman team. Yeah. And you don't get anything out of that, right? Yeah. And the kids don't get anything out of it. And you're exposing them to so much more. You're giving them an opportunity to play at the next level. I mean, again, you're playing against two sixes that are playing high D one. I mean, that's a it's a great opportunity. You don't always get that yeah. in our state. Yeah. And um and so back to the uh, how far in advance, it's it's pretty much done now. We do a travel trip every year. Uh, so we went to Boulder last year. We went to um, uh, Kentucky 
uh, a couple of years before that. I went to Asheville, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I set the travel trip up. There's a weekend that that we set up. We're going to Vegas next year, playing Bishop Gorman, uh, big school out there. So so we set that up. Snoop Dogg's Snoop Dogg's son went to Bishop Gorman. Yeah, yeah, it's a big school. It's a big <laughs> athletic school. So that'll that'll be another challenge out there. But um, but yeah, it's been fun. Let's talk about your coaching staff. Justin Romano, mm-hmm. uh, somebody that that I I genuinely respect as a soccer coach. I think I've sat on a sideline with him, and it's 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 almost you at times. I feel like I wa- I just watch him coach because it's 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 just kind of fun to watch him coach. So what's it like to to coach with somebody that you've known for so long that also played in your program, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Justin was a senior my first year there, twenty one years ago. Um, so we go way back, uh, and he's he's one of the best, if not the best, developer of talent um that's out there obviously he's very good at tactics but you know at at some point tactics are just tactics you know it's just people have different uh styles uh but the tactics aren't incredibly difficult um but he's very good at developing so when he he'll do like the first 30 minutes or so and he'll do like a lot of the right foot left foot stuff and a lot of the developmental stuff um but then we've been together for so long tactically on the sideline i, I mean you you and i've been on the sideline like i'm a talker i'll, I'll have a parent coach i'll be like what do you think about this and i'm just i'm just constantly like is that back gonna hurt us watch him let's yeah. do it so i just i like talking to everybody on the sideline and it's great even if it's just affirmation when i say hey we're gonna go to two split forts instead of you know two wingers and looking at him and I say, what do you think? And he goes, yeah, that makes me feel, you know, a little bit better to have somebody you trust on the sideline uh, that can at least reinforce, if not bring one of those uh, tactical decisions to me. So it's been great to have him on the sideline for sure. And he's also, I mean, from a personal standpoint, he's been he's been your daughter's coach for uh, quite yeah. some time yeah. too. Yeah. So uh, what is, even what, what's that dynamic like from being, from coaching together to them being your daughter's coach? How, how does that dynamic play out? And, do you, it's almost is it an unspoken kind of like uh respect for each other to not necessarily have to talk about the fact that he coaches your daughter no i mean it that went really well because they just told me i play my daughter all the time <laughs> yeah that's why he's, yeah, that's why he's the number one assistant coach yeah, yeah she's guaranteed that's right, that's right. <laughs> she needs like every minute um, uh, no but we, we t- you know we talk he coaches paddle now yeah. so and we both work in the school at Sally's during the yeah. day so we spend a lot of time together on the dry race board with Everything from club to Padua to Sally. So yeah, right. you guys just use a dry erase board? What's that? You guys only use a dry erase board? Uh, not only. I got a great beer, but I you know, I, I, I like to stay current. So we broke down in Dover, but we got it, we got smart boards. Believe yeah. me, I yeah. know I I remember being at regionals uh when Justin had his triplets and he wasn't there. And yeah. I remember I was uploading the videos in the hotel, sending them to Justin because yeah. he had to break them down and send Scott notes. So there's yeah. definitely technology being here. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a Gotta fun. Give yourself some credit. That was yeah. fun testing that, that Wi-Fi, West Virginia. That, uh, yeah, that girls team was they, they were a good team. The 05 girls, yeah. right? they had a lot of fun, did a lot. So uh, yeah, so it was great, great to have him. Again, it was great to have somebody that you trust coaching your daughter for yeah. sure. You know. How do you prepare? How do you prepare your your players for for college soccer? Because a lot of your players do want to play college soccer, and how do you get them ready? How do you uh, how do you try to bridge that gap? And then you know what's the what's the relationship with the college coaches? Because I feel like you're in a different position than than probably the majority of the high schools in the state, where 
Uh, a lot of the high schools in the States probably don't have that college connection because it's their most rely on club, but you have the ability to just, your colleges are coming to look at you, watch your games. Yeah. So how do you deal with that? Um, I think, <clears throat> I think the biggest, uh, probably the biggest advantage Sally's has as a program is our depth. Uh, you know, when, when we, we have like two weeks off after the regular season before the state tournament starts and, uh, and our like inner squad games are real, you know, like intense, like guys trying to get the other guys position stuff. So we don't, we don't have, that's why sometimes it's better for us for a schedule that we have some teams that we're going to beat because then the second string is a thing called learned helplessness that, um, that teams that uh can happen on teams the second stringers know they have no influence over the game and either they're not good enough or they don't get time and then they start dogging it in practice it's really hard to stay like 100 miles per hour if you're not going to play yeah freshmen sophomores uh so for us we have we usually have 24 25 guys that are either a little younger or a little off the position but can compete uh, so that's much more like a college environment you know when you go to college you step on the field as 30 dudes as good as you and you're like, what? How am I going to find my way here? So hopefully that day to day competition and training and fighting for a starting spot, which we try to keep going, so we don't try not to just have U11 are gone, U11 are gone. We like to give some of the younger guys an opportunity, um, and the older guys or, or the guys that we're starting, you know, usually take to that okay if, if they sit a little bit. Um, but the opportunity through competition and training to get more time is is the biggest thing for us. So every single day, we're getting better. Where I've coached at other high schools, I played at Glasgow High School. You know, I, I know I know the other side of that where you have like five really good players. It's really hard to it's really hard to stay competitive day in day out. But people don't realize about high school. I know you guys do. Uh, is it's every day, man. Yeah. yeah, you know. So club is great, obviously. Uh, but let's say you go three times a week and play every other weekend. Well, on Mo so we show up first day on Monday. Jake Ross kicks the ball over the goal. I go, Jake, don't kick the ball over the goal. And then we show up Tuesday, he kicks the ball over the goal. I, go, I told you yesterday, don't kick it over the goal. <laughs> and then Wednesday, and then Thursday, and then Friday. I mean, by the end of the week, it's just re repetitive. So even if he's making that same mistake in club it sort of loses its intensity because it's like three days later, yeah. you know, and then it's a week later and then you take off for a couple of weeks. Yeah. But for us, we're going six days a week for three months, you know? So the bond, the relationship between the coach is much more like a college than a club team would be not yeah. level, not quality necessarily for most high school programs. But uh, the high school game is very similar to the college game. How, how you, from a team management aspect of it, that's a, that's a big part of it. How do you deal with the with the team chemistry component of it? Considering you you do have a, a you do have a varsity team, a JV team, and a freshman team, and then you still have players that don't even make that. So how do you deal with the team chemistry of that? And also, like you don't even have like you necessarily don't have a feeder school. Like you're not like a traditional high school where you know these kids are going to middle school. Like they could be coming from. I mean, I'm I'm assuming you get kids from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland. You got kids coming from different states. So how do you really build that team? Uh, I mean, we can't recruit, you know, I, uh, I have relationships in Delaware, you know, just from coaching in club or other coaches, you know, so you get to know parents and things, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're at the mercy of who shows up, you know? And so for me, I just want to make sure from a, like a, a business aspect, from a brand aspect that the Silesian soccer brand, 
is an elite one and high level one. Um, so people aspire to play there. Yeah, you know, it's a private school, so kids can choose. Kids can choose any private school, you know. So uh, hopefully, the ones that are trying to play in college see, you know, that we use GPSs and and we're modernized. We're not just on dry erase, uh, <laughs> but we use GPSs and things, and we just follow the college coaching path, you know. Right. So if college coaches are using GPSs, we try to dip our toe in in that world, you know. If they do heart rate monitors, we do heart rate monitors. So uh, so I just try to stay current. Um, and I think by staying on the front foot with that, then hopefully more guys are going to come in. How do you deal with the team chemistry aspect of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully we have a lot of alphas out there, right? So when you, when you have that, you have a lot of guys that want to be leader. So like, we don't have captains, we don't wear captains bands. And I, I know people have different, different opinions on that. Uh, but I expect all of our seniors to be captains. So I, I list all of them as captains. So I, I, I don't want to separate those guys. So the expectation is that you act a certain way. So and everybody goes out for the coin flip? It's just the way it is. I, your... I assign different guys each time. Oh, uh, okay. Um, different seniors. <laughs> yeah. um, so like we went to Chapel Hill years ago when we did a tour, and everybody wants to know what the college guys do for fitness, you know, firsthand up, like any questions. And one of the guys said, well, what do you guys do for off-season fitness? Like, what's your summer program? You know, usually college coaches send out a summer program. And he looked at us and was like, oddly, he's like, nothing. If you come in out of shape, you'll be found out the first day. <laughs> yeah. The first right. day. So you can't survive if you don't do if you don't figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. Chapel Hill coach, this is probably 10 years ago, he didn't send he doesn't send any package out. He doesn't said, you know, do the beep test, do the menu. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He's just like, be fit. And if you're not, you're off the team. So from a like personality standpoint, like if you're dropping f bombs or you're not doing the right thing, you stick out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. So it's important that like ninety percent are doing the right thing because then you can really see the ten percent. If like only sixty percent doing the right thing, then you get this like group, you know. So um, so that Chapel Hill story always stuck in my head, and so I want to make sure that if there's a one off, he's going to get found out right away. Um, but really it's competition. If you're better, you're better. If you play poorly, you play poorly, just being real with them. Um, and, if, and, you know, Jake Ross is a good example, fantastic player, uh, set the all time scoring record for a season. Um, and, but, but he has a lot of room for growth, you know, and guys that are at that level, look for that. They want to get better. So they don't like being called out all the time, you know, at the at the moment. But they it's like discipline. They don't expect to get called out. They don't expect it. Um, and coach, it, I'm the all time leading goal scorer. Like, what are you calling yeah. me out for? I'm <laughs> but the guys that are all time leading scorers, I find, so to speak, uh, they're the ones that are trying to get better. Like mm -hmm. he's he he needs to get ready for West Virginia. His season was about him getting ready for West Virginia. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about us winning the state. It wasn't about him setting it all time, although I know he was he was tallying the goals. But it was about him getting ready for West Virginia. He's going to walk into West Virginia with a bunch of 23-year-olds playing yeah. the same position, yeah. and he's going to be like, whoa. Yeah, some grown even men if, out there. Even if you know you're going into that, when you actually step on that field, yeah, you're like, yeah. damn, this guy can ball. When you meet that center back that's a little bit like built like a tight end. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're going to be like, oh, it's not. Three so years of workouts is a different story. <laughs> so that's uh, so that, so for like my relationship with him was all about getting him ready for West Virginia. The byproduct is, you know, we want to stay. We did some pretty cool things this year. But uh, that the original point was, you know, they, they're getting ready for life after high school. That's a huge difference for us. Whereas other guys just want to be good high school players, which is awesome. Like, that's really cool. 
But for us, our training, our, our pretty much our whole varsity hopes to play in college. So 24 guys. So you've got, I looked, I just looked at your roster. You have a couple sophomores. You had two freshmen last year. What would you say? I, I know talent plays a part in it, but what would you say is the hardest part about being a, var, a freshman trying to crack that varsity squad? Uh, they won't. They know right away they're not going to crack. They're not going to crack playing time. Um, but uh, but for them, so the so for freshmen, they're just again they're trying to get better. So if we can have a freshman, say defender, defend Jake Ross. Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and third, you know, for the whole season, like that is going to help him so much. Mm -hmm. And again, those guys usually, usually have the mindset of just trying to get better, wanting to make mistakes. So, um, so for a freshman to come in, uh, one, they're dealing with high school for the first time. So I try not like we went to Boulder two weeks into the season, right? We spent five days and four nights in boulder that is a killer academically two mm-hmm. weeks into the into the school year yeah so if a freshman comes in and then he's like and they're not doing we have study halls and stuff but it's not the same they, they don't get nearly enough work done when we go away so those kinds of demands placed on freshmen are tough so usually freshmen is just sort of a like get to know you them get right. to know me uh, even if they're really good i try not to give them too much of a role unless unless we need to um, but those guys are usually built different. They're looking for it. They love, they love getting beat, like get beat by Jake and get right back up, you know, and do it again. Like, you know, you want to have that positive attitude towards, towards that. How do you, did you change your approach now with the new IAA rule changes of off season and what you can do and you can't do. And like, I still, I read the thing three times. I still don't know, I quite understand it, but is there any, do you, do you have a change now as to what you have? I like you, weight training. Like everybody asks if we do like off season workouts and all that. The guys do so much in club. Yeah. Uh, rest and recovery, which I know kind of sounds soft to some of the old heads out there, but recovery is a real thing. Yeah. No, it really is. It, it's yeah. a real thing. So uh, when we go, like I said, six days a week in high school, they need time off, but they don't. They usually jump right into club. club. So for me to work with them more, uh, and most of our guys, fortunately, are playing pretty high-level club, so they're getting pretty good coaching. Um, and, uh, and so they're, they're developing on their own. So I, I really haven't had a need to do that. The one rule that will be interesting, I haven't even thought about uh, using it, is you can coach now um, up to eight players in club. That could be a game changer. So if I could coach eight kids – that play for my high school on one team, then which would be just about every team I'd be able to coach then, then I could, in essence, be coaching them for a club in Uh-oh. high school. You better watch out. <laughs> glad, I coach, glad I'm on the girls' side. You better watch out. But just, better watch, he's already plotting. He's already, it's already. Even on the girls' side, like, like so now, like with club, I always yeah. had to stay away from the yeah. high school boys, which is like my sweet spot. Like right. I, I enjoy working with that, that age group and have done it for a while, obviously. Uh, but I've stayed away from there, so I coach, you know, the younger boys or a girls team or something like that. But now it opens up the opportunity for me to coach Uh-oh. high school boys as well. Just saying, um, but guys, better watch out. Yeah, you know, it's in the back of my head. I haven't thought about like how that would translate into the club world. Uh, but I, I do. What I hope it does is I hope more high school coaches are able to coach, coach club. club, and they don't. And think, pe- people, people give me a hard time because you know I'm knee deep in the club world, and you know. And, but it's and a struggle. That. It's a struggle, and and it's hard. It's, it's hard to coach. To coach in club, you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. And if you don't, 
you'll get found out right, right away. Right. Yep. Um, so, you know, in high school, when high school coaches talk about, wow, well, you know, we get the best players, which we do, we get tremendously talented players, which is critical for our success. I mean, first one to say, well, out of 40 freshmen, yeah. you get to pick. Yeah. Right? But I do four nights a week in club, club and I'm doing stuff on the weekends. And you guys know, like, you're going away every holiday weekend, you're away yeah. from the family going. So, Yes, uh, being involved in club and high school is beneficial, um, but anybody can do it. Like if, if the other high school coaches want to go out and you know work work with club and get to know people, then they're more than more than welcome to. Yeah, I mean, because we all we we all know that club coaches aren't just you know coming out of trees. Like that, that you need you need as many club coaches as you can. Yeah. Well, I think the hard part is that like I think. Um, and and I've experienced this now going into my third year of coaching high school girls soccer, where you end up with a lot of time on your hands because you're training five, six days a week. And so you end up with a lot of time that you have the ability to do a lot of things. Um, with club, you you have to be very strategic as to what you can do in your two to three days a week yep. because you have three to four and a half hours of training. So you, what you have to do is I feel like the planning – I feel like that's where you get better as a coach is you have to plan. You got to yeah. plan for a quarter of a field, half of a field. Yeah. One From goal. six to 7.30 and yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. Right at six, you got to jump right into it. Yeah. What's your warm-up like? Like are you going to – are you the guy that burns 15 minutes on doing the, you know, half-ass dynamic stuff, you know, mm -hmm. or do you get right into it with the ball and you – you know, yeah. So the planning planning is is critical for club. You're right. I'm glad but you yeah. said warm-up. <laughs> where, where do you get the Sally's warm-up from? Where does that uh, come You from? know – that's a staple, it, right? It's a staple, and it's it's held on. It's intimidating. It's a little bit antiquated because we go around the whole field. You know? It's intimidating. We basically do dynamic stuff. We just go around the whole field, and it's kind of our thing. Everybody mocks it. It gives us <laughs> like uh, like when we do it, and you see like out of state teams who have never seen it, and they're like mocking it. Our guys are like, all right, you know, like it's a it's a bit of a battle cry for us. But we got it from we started when I started there. 21 years ago, uh, when Brazil did that, that was their, their, they would be in unison to get their minds right. Um, so they would all like, basically it was dynamic movements, but they would all do it the same. And then they would clap and they had different rhythms and things like that. We don't have the rhythm or haven't, haven't lately to, <laughs> to do anything too creative. Uh, but so it started 21 years ago, and it was really to get the mind right. So when you have to follow the guy. So there is a purpose to it. It's not there's just a intimidation. Purpose. There's a purpose, but it's kind of held on, and then the kids, they'll do something a little bit different each one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's kind of our thing now. It's taking on a little bit of a life of its own. Yeah, but, I mean, if you think about it, the New Zealand All Blacks have the haka. That's the only way you can counter his. I was thinking that. I was like, that's the only way you can counter his warm-up. He's going to come out there but and do the haka. But <laughs> the haka, the haka is a whole, the whole thing is that you're embodying the it's, – it's, it's, it's a – it's you're trying to talk to the gods of the earth to try to help you and, and all these other things. And it's and it becomes this this mental thing. And yeah, it's it's taking a life of its own to a certain extent where it becomes this like, oh, it's an intimidating factor. No, it's an internal way to get ready for a game. Yeah. Right. So it's whatever yeah. works for you. It's it's really what it's it's a routine, right? It's it's like anything else. It's like same reason why you have certain players that tie their shoes exactly the same way every yeah. single time yeah. or if they put their right shin guard on first instead of their left shin guard on first, like if it it's, gives them a little bit of a mental whatever it is, right? Yeah, have at it. Exactly, have at right? It. It's probably a little antiquated in that we should probably do it in like twenty yard stints, but doing, doing the whole field <laughs> can't get rid of it now. Field, can't get rid of it now. Make, I mean, yeah. make you watch. It. I mean, is yeah. it a struggle? Is it a struggle if you show up in a smaller field instead of a bigger field? No. Nah. <laughs> nah. Who do they play on a small field? I don't know. I mean, they ain't playing Woodbridge. Saint Mark's uh, uh, on, yeah. their, on their on their grass field. They're fifty five wide. 
Yeah. Uh, you got to talk to Tom about that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know a guy. Yeah. Well, uh, Scott, Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been, it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. It's been really enjoyable. No, it's been great to learn a little bit about Sally's. I mean, I mean, obviously playing at a different high school south of the canal, you know, you have these preconceived notions. Oh, they're the best. They think they're cocky, all this other stuff. But it's good to actually get to know a little bit more and know there's, you know, there's purpose behind everything and the intentions are great. Yeah. Thanks. Scott and I don't coach it together anymore, which which I can probably now say this. There are only three. There's only been three or four people that I've been genuinely intimidated by stepping on a field with. Scott Moser is <laughs> one of them. Uh, uh, I don't know. Scott, Scott, Scott is somebody that I, I would run a session and then he would show up next to me and then I'd be like, just like frozen, like, oh, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> and I've only, that's all, I've only had that happen with Lou and Chad. Uh, and maybe one other person, but uh, but but now but now I feel like I'm I'm a little more comfortable with them, which is nice. Good. I, uh, I hope, hope you. Are. I'm just <laughs> waiting for that. Sally's, you know, one of those coaching jobs to post. I see he has like eight coaches, so one of those posts, you know, that might be my dream job. You? There you go. Yeah, I'll pop into Sally's. Why not? There you go. Oh, let's I'll go. trade in the blue and white for some Sally's. <laughs> All right. All right. It's good. That's to know. your mascot, right? The Sally's. Yeah, we don't. We really don't have a mascot. Yeah. I'll be a Sally. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. All right. Thanks, Scott. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah.